now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast. We'll have a look at, well, three different states via Vince Accardi's daily sectional lens. Good morning, Vince. Top of the morning to you, Rolfie. Well, the uh, feature racing was at Ipswich. It's always a quirky little track, so we'll uh, we may as well start there. They had the Eyeliner and the Ipswich Cup. Um, as far as the uh, the data is concerned, your, your mindset when when covering Ipswich, they only get their one little day of glory a year. <laughs> Funny enough, you say that, but they race there almost every. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true, true, and and sometimes it can be probably a nice track to go to, and other times it can be a little bit challenging. Yeah, absolutely. So it's um it, it it seems like a tight track watching it. Is that, that uh, pretty much the case? You're gonna have to uh, that uh, not like it, it's <laughs> it, you you need to be able to cut that corner by the look of it. Well, that's the big key. Cutting the corner that turned is pretty tight, and it makes it difficult. Right, so the eyeliner winner was uh, the the Hayes boys. Are they are they on fire or what? And um and ca- can they take luck out of the equation? That that's a, that's a really important factor because they're 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 prepared to err on the side of going positive. And Lady of Honor was able to just last from uh, Gravina, who had a tough run three wide the trip. Uh, Blazer Trail didn't have much luck. Uh, Jake Bayless later got a bit of reward later in the day. He was kicking himself, I think, uh, during this race. And Cepheus. To the eye, it looked like it's just a miler and they were trying to make a 1,350-metre horse out of it because uh, that feature. What did the clock say? Uh, interesting with the clock, Ralphie. <laughs> it's one of these things when you, you sort of look at a field like that, you feel like there's going to be an opportunity where they'll run some decent time. But overall, probably, uh, I shouldn't say disappointing, but the reality is the winner, Lady of Honour, 0.7 below, pretty much equal with Gravina, 0.7 below. And they, oh, actually, the first three runners all managed to rank in the top 10. This is probably A, like you started off with right at the beginning, they get there one day a year, but they didn't. there wasn't really anything dynamic that happened because from an adjustment point of view, the Raws are around minus one. So I couldn't really give any more to the race than what was given and then I, I look at the breakdown perhaps the speed might have been a little bit of a challenge for him to um, sustain any sort of pressure towards the end lady of honor's gone 3.7 above through that first section but then deteriorated from that point onwards ralphie other than the fact that everybody sort of copped a little bit of a slowdown you know turning for home so we did write about her in uh, in the April Sizzlers at Sandia, ready if she finally gets a cruisy lead on her terms. So that's interesting. So she'll be winning if placed right. Might plus three point six at the eight hundred, plus two point six on bog ground. There's very fast land for the conditions, and then minus five point five big guess at last two hundred, which included a point seven length drop off last two hundred isolation. In her lead in, she was forced to go plus six point four here. Uh, three weeks early on the lakeside track, that was on very wet ground. So adding to our confidence is actually matches a career PB despite three city wins and three other city placings. Uh, stakes placings can get to a new level now at this time of year. We'll probably be winning one if so. So uh, ironically, she was able to win a stakes race, yet didn't really improve her time at all. No, well, this is it. This is the thing. I mean, that Doombin performance was 0.7 below. It's matched it here. And if we're sort of looking on historicals, we've got to go back to Caulfield back in October of last year when it was 0.2 below. So this is one of the horses so far, you know, from a mare's perspective, it hasn't quite taken that next step. But 
it continues to win. Yeah, and that's that's Team Hayes 101 for you. What do you think of Cepheus uh, um, back from 2000 to 1350? They put the blinkers on trying to make a, a sprinter out of him with that stakes race. I've got to say, Vince, I'm just making an assumption on the calendar. Sunshine Coast, I'm sure in two weeks' time there'll be a big track. There's a big track, uh, track mile. That more looks his type mm-hmm. race, doesn't it? Well, I would say absolutely it, that will be a benefit. I mean, the performance at Doombin last start, even though it was beaten, was really strong, Ralphie. 1.1 overall, eighth best of the day. Didn't get anywhere near that performance on the weekend. And the big, the big thing is coming back in distance, that was just too much. Even though it, it is 35 days between runs, Ralphie, the reality is 1.6 lengths below, still top 10, you're saying a mile next start in a couple of weeks' time? On a big track, yeah. That'll definitely be a, a big, big enabler, particularly if there's pressure. Right. Okay. So see if uh, if he goes there. So not a great time and, and even a lesser time here in the Ipswich Cup. This was remarkable when the uh, when the clock came through here, Vince. Uh, so Regal Lions won. Uh, we sizzled this horse back in September at uh, Sandow with a good winning performance. He didn't really go on with it there. He ran a ran a, a, a stakes placing at Randwick later on in December, but didn't really go on from that uh, promise of, of that win, which was... Uh, just his first full campaign with Annabelle Neesham. Uh, nothing first up, just like he did nothing first up last prep. Won at Zandown at uh, $31, and he's won the Ipswich Cup here with a brave ride from Ben Thompson taking off uh, just as the pace slowed in that mid-race. Unbelievable, isn't it, how that's happened? But it's really weird. I mean, maybe the wind or, or other factors played a role. I mean, the speed benchmark isn't like a diabolical sort of pace for the on you know for the road, for the runners that are near that lead but regal line 6.9 below benchmark first six and probably just marginally not ideal in terms of the ratio probably a length further back than where it would be i would say perfect but the move in the mid race i felt won the horse the race Rolfie. overall last 200 meters 0.8 lengths below benchmark a 5.1 overall score the positive is this Ralphie that's a big improvement from first up to second up and it's been able to win so we've got to you know see that as being a positive the reality is the horse is absolutely trending to that Rose Hill profile of 26 of November over 2000 meters of 0.9 below will it get there at the next start well we know that Annabelle Neesham's a trainer that gets their their runners pretty forward early Ralphie so it could quite happen that next start this horse may make that next step and get there or uh, may take a, a sideway run. Just wondering if a graphing cup might be its type of race. Uh, so that at least I've got clarity now because that new Marion, I thought, I thought it was just perfect race for him, but uh, the anchors went on and that's never helped. <laughs> no, well, this is the thing, Ralphie. I don't know why they've done that because it's not a pace that was, in my view, like – crazy and could anything have to do with you just look at the preparation for this horse the way they've gone about it you look at the 20th of the 5th at Doombin 42 day break 2000 meter race has gone 2.3 above benchmark first section 3.1 above between the 8 and the 4 then 21 days later goes to Eagle Farm up another 200 meters and they run 10 lengths below benchmark Big move in the mid-race. The horses produced a 15.5-length mid-race squeeze before weakening. And here, 
benchmark was the, the horse was already finding it somewhat challenging. And I, I feel that was it the horse not wanting to go any harder? Was that the reason why it just started to deteriorate? And we could see it. Look, we could see a bounce on this horse next start, Ralphie. So I don't want to sin bin this horse because uh, I've been watching this horse very closely and I've, I've been of the view this horse has been ready to win. Uh, I don't know. Where would they go, Ralphie, from here? Uh, I don't know if there's another run for it or not. That's okay. the, the, the query. So I suppose we'll, we'll keep our eye out there. Uh, just wonder also the, there's um, the the local jockey. I don't know if that uh, that really helped there. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see what they do uh, going forward. So the best of the day though, Vince. Uh, there was a good performance, and and it wasn't in any of the stakes races. This D Paul, what did it do on the clock? I thought this was well. This was clearly the best run of the day, and broke benchmark in a significant way 1.6 above best of the day like clear cut from any other runner which i feel you know like a, that's a positive sign now i know the distance is 1100 meters but it's not a thousand ralphie so what i'm sitting back here saying is the stable 100 percent have got this horse already airborne first up it went 0.9 below Top 10 for the day of 1,000. Stepped up to 1,100. Surpassed its previous PB, which was a Doomben last campaign of 1.2. And the horse has already hit 1.6. And I'm just looking here to see if there's any possibility of more to come. Well, let's say no more comes and it stays at 1.6. If last campaign's anything to go by, where the horse kept winning, this is one that we absolutely have to keep on side as long as the trainer doesn't, you know, do something crazy like have a crack at 1,600 metres or something like that right now. I just wonder if um, if it may have had some breathing issues over the journey. It had its first two preparations with uh, with uh, Richard and Michael Freeman, who, right. were, who were together at the time, and they there was a tongue tie on and off and sometimes thing like that. But obviously since it's gone to uh, Queensland, it's, um, it's just in the zone. It is in the zone, and you've got to also appreciate, Ralphie, this horse has always had a booming 400-metre sprint. And what I'm seeing here is, from a second-up perspective, there's got to be more to come in terms of at least repeating what it did. Well, I wonder if it goes to a sprint at, uh, at the uh, Sunshine Coast, and when you see the best last 800, 600, 400, 200 a day, you know it's got a sustained uh, speed. Well, it loves that track as well, Ralphie. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, that could be the little uh, little gem there. There's uh, not much else to report about for uh, for, <laughs> for Raves, which even though it was a stakes day, the uh, chassis uh, just failed to break benchmark in an okay performance, and we know her. She's pretty well exposed. Yeah. Well, I was listening that there was a bit of a push for this horse. So I was keen to see how, how well this horse was going to perform. And realistically, it's not a bad performance, third best of the day, 0.2 below benchmark. So one of the things that we've got to, you know, with, with respect to two other horses, one we've spoken about, the other one we haven't touched on yet, it wasn't an easy day to run time. So, I like to look at as the ranking has been some sort of a guide as well. Now, when we look at this horse here, maybe I had a feeling this horse could get to like a plus one range. It didn't happen on the weekend, 
But there's nothing to suggest from this stable. It's probably still coming, that performance. And therefore, it's another horse that I've marked as one to follow, particularly like what happened with this horse between the four and the two. The slowdown, it's an artificial one that comes around the bend. But the way accelerated over the last 200 metres sort of gave me the feeling that there's got to be more to come with this horse as well. Yeah, if you open the door for me to talk about Sailor's Secret, is that the other one? That's, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. okay. What, what, uh, what impressed you about this horse? Well, firstly, what I like about it is where it is in terms of its category. I, I like it when horses can do this and they're only three. Yep. Realistically, when you look at the breakdown of this race, it was – one of the few horses on the day that was able to pretty much stay in that benchmark or slightly above from start to finish. I, I, I just can't help but feel that that's a really good sign for a young horse to be able to do that. It means it just sort of shows where they are in terms of their overall residual strength. And then if you have a look at this horse's profile, it hasn't had that many starts and it's made that next step which is not easy to do. And I feel that when I look at this, I know, you know, like I sit back here and say, you know, can it go beyond 0.6? Why not? Why, why can't it do that? Why, I actually feel that maybe even longer distance is going to be a big plus for this horse. So this is the sort of horse I hope this camp have a crack at like a mile. Yep. Where there'll be potentially less speed early, which will allow this horse to really – I don't know, maybe match what it's doing and turn up at a price again. Beautiful. All right. Well, one one leave with there. Rose Hill uh, seemed very, very leaderish. Vince, uh, what was your take on how Rose Hill played? Rose Hill, yeah. Well, not only that, but I thought the track had plenty of speed in it as well, which is great to see. But let's have a look at it. All day, what do we have? We had two, three on-pace runners that were – within 0.6 of a length from the leaders. And then we had one, two, three, four leaders win. So, yes, Ralphie, seven of the 10 races were won where you had to be within 0.6 of a length from the leader. The other big factor, 100%, look at the lanes. No one won further out than six. And you could see it with a bunch of horses. If they were seven, eight off or nine off the fence, they were like in quicksand. Yeah. They could not accelerate in the home straight. Then this is some of the things that happen where they probably, a lot of riders probably thought, okay, we'll get into the middle part of the track. We're going to be able to storm home. And I could see a, a whole group of riders doing that all day, but they were just spinning wheels. And you're right, closer to the fence, near the lead pack is where you had to be. And is that because Rose Hill is almost the reverse of Ramwick that, you know, one to six is, is on, or yep. one to seven really, and then, then you get that quick stand unless you can sling out super wide? Yeah, you've got to be able to get more than 12 off the fence. Typically, you've got to be like 14, 15, 16, 17 and 18 to match what they do one to six in terms of lanes. So really, if they're running fast, because we're, you know, we had good weather at this time of year, mm -hmm. if they're running fast, it's just impossible to get out there. Well, oh, out in those wide lanes, no chance yes, at all because I mean. they're not they're not tracking a lot deeper in the middle part of the track, turning for home because that's the only way you can get there when the rail's in this position. Yep.
Got you. All right. Well, zoom on one the Mikel uh, Cup. Uh, he's a bit of a beauty. We uh, we sizzled him back at uh, Mooney Valley when he dominated uh, one one night, a best of the night performance. And this is over two thousand and forty meters, so which is a pretty famous Mooney Valley distance. And that that night he ran seven point six legs above benchmark. Well, everything behind him just couldn't even lift their legs. Uh, he, he he showed a good. Uh, Good sight first up after 135 days away, but it was an on-pace advantage track. Well, he got, got it again, but he really elevated race to race. Oh, he, he did, Ralph. You know, it's really weird. Like, there was three horses I liked in that race, Zoom On, Bold Mac, and Boris the Argent. Myself, personally, I ended up sort of going with Boris the Argent, and I'm, you know, not happy about that. But the reality is... I didn't feel that there was much between those three horses. I felt that they were going to be the most likely winners. And zoom on, that early speed, three lengths above benchmark, there was a slowdown between the eight and the four, but no one capitalised on it. I mean, Boris the Arjun went to make the move, but by the time it made the move and where it ended up in the lanes, the finish wasn't there for this horse. And I just say all honours to the rider. I just thought Clark got this 100% right, even though I'm not a big fan when they try and slow him down. But no one capitalised on it, and the horse was able to keep going and get victory. And and realistically, if you look at the performance overall against its history, which is, you know, it gives you a bit of a guide to what might come. 2.3, Ralphie, second best performance of the day. That's strong for 2,000 metres. And I did give the race a, a decent clip of around three lengths as well. Uh, because of the track play, yep. playing so sleek, yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to match my Caulfield Tech versus your Northern Suburb School of Hard Knock. I'm going to call it Bordage on. <laughs> so. Okay, well, I'm no good at that. <laughs> yeah, more Italy than France. <laughs> you know, Ralph, well, I'm always going to go with you first, mate. <laughs> So what I want to say about Boris Boris Diadron, however we want to pronounce it, though, 8.6 lengths mid-race, that's going to be significant in the type of run that can then lead to an elevation and a win again next start. Oh, look, Ralphie, it affected my pocket, so I don't feel good about it. But the reality is this, there was nothing other than, I was using a Ralphie hat here, right, (laughs) that... It was a drifter in the market already. Pretty much it's sort of the first little drift that came in on Friday. Yep. And there was a bigger drift on the Saturday. And you hear a little, a few little words going around. It's all got to do with the weight. And, you know, I'm not a lover of, you know, getting involved with the weight as being the reason why you shouldn't participate on the horse because I felt that there was no reason how why this horse couldn't run boldly. But, yes, that position in running, unfortunately – was the difference between being in the finish and not and the lanes. Yeah. Like the horse had to be three lengths closer. And then if it got in those lanes, now I'm just talking strictly out of my pocket here, Ralphie, right? Hey, there's, I, I, there's all I, truth for your pocket. I would have got third, <laughs> right? I, I yep. still don't believe we would have got victory. And mind you, I didn't expect neither the first horse, Zoom On or Bold Mac, to break plus two either. I just did not expect that. I thought they were potentials to run benchmark, maybe plus one at best. And the reality is they've run better than that and they've actually run superbly. So even though I'm saying all these things to you about the Boris, the reality was there was no circumstances in the end where this horse would have won. This is post-race, of course. 
All right. Well, on our Sizzlers, Vienna Princess uh, at uh, at Randwick um, on the 27th of the 5th. First up, we wrote, excellent return going four lengths better than first up last prep. And while she's only won one race to date, it was a listed 1,400 at Caulfield last November, went 0.4 lengths above benchmark, ranked sixth in the day, showing scope for improvement, minus 9.5 for the owner, plus 1.1 mid-race, met an eight-length squeeze before plus 8.8, rather, last 400. That was all between the 400 and 200 before a late taper. That reflected her $26 odds, despite being from the dominant Sydney stable. Should be in for a very solid prep here, given this is just BM78 class. Well, because she wasn't a leader, they let you on at $6 here, Vince, but she was fantastic. Oh, Waller must be so happy, because obviously this is one horse that had very forward in terms of uh, conditioning, and it did make that big leap. Last campaign, it peaked at Caulfield, in that 1,400-meter race that you talked about, Ralphie, with the 0.4 above. The first up run, when you look at it in isolation, say, okay, 2.3 below, ranked 43. But that speed early, there's no doubt that dramatically nullified, like, its true potential. And the horse was realistically probably already very close to that Caulfield profile of 0.4. Now, again, post-race... The evidence is clearly there how well they had this horse in terms of conditioning. 2.3 lengths above benchmark first section. Okay, I wouldn't say it's golden in terms of um, from the leader off this pace, but the reality was it maintained its speed between the 8 and the 400 going 1.8 above, and then the last 400 metres plus 1.1 and the deterioration only came at the very over the very last 200 meters giving only one signal that a the 2.4 we can take that as being a figure that we can work with moving forward now is it going to happen next start where we're going to see a repeat of that run or is it going to be two runs away but the reality is they've got this horse on fire and it and it's going to be probably a really a real quality mare Gee, this is where you can get a price, isn't it, Vince? Because, like, it's a be- benchmark 78. She, what you're saying is she's produced virtually a sta- stakes place performance, and she'll probably remain in some kind of benchmark race next start. Well, she's, this is this has got a group-level profile. Beautiful. All right. Uh, we'll leave Rose Hill for now. Fleming and Vince was one of the more elite, uh, more, sorry, um, not leader uh, necessarily, but um, biased days, and I'm not blaming at all the track manager, but there were two factors here. The rails had 11 metres, which is always assist because the on-paces get to the best part of the track first with the lanes, and then we had savage wind. So really, I worked out, Vince, and this is before your data's even come through, of course. Um, there were six, six turning circle races. Yep. All winners were second line with cover on the home around that turn. It was just impossible to make ground. I think we can forgive a few that were uh, were on pace and and, and, uh, facing that breeze. And if you're too far back because of the lanes, you were out of play too. That's true, and, and and all the evidence is there as well, Ralphie. The 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 furthest the horse came from all day approaching the eight hundred was like four point three, and that was in race three in the staying race. And yeah, and you got to look at it. it was definitely aided being in nineteen because nine lanes nineteen twenty compared to even thirteen. There's a genuine length length and a half difference, even just with those separation of those six lanes. Because once you start getting nineteen twenty or wider, you are absolutely approaching the fastest part of the track. 
And that's where the straight races were with a yep. tailwind assistance. So note, note that. That's the difference of the quirk of uh, Flemington. And tailwind assistance, but super wide was out of play. So, again, it was just one of those quirky days, and we get that in the off-season, but particularly when the wind's up. Yeah, but wasn't there a couple of stunning performances? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. So, firstly, though, uh, the horse that had the biggest boom when he out, probably into the meeting, definitely out of him, was the party. Um, Daniel uh, has emailed us, and we always uh, offer our members an opportunity to uh, to send an email. Um, and Daniel's asked, uh, interested in Vince's thoughts on Stepati. The hype seems ridiculous, beating off-season two-year-olds. I can't see anything in the sectional data so far in his three runs to justify the million, the four, he wrote $4 million offers. I think there's been three uh, that's been on the table from Hong Kong. Uh, what's your thoughts about what Stepati's been able to do so far? Well, maybe a lot's got to do is it well-bred. No, no, this is a Hong Kong offer, so we're talking just uh, just for racing. Oh, I'd snap it up faster than anyone could even. But in actual fact, I'd even take a discount. So, so Vince, the, uh, the, old, the old gag is I'd throw the float in too. Would you throw the float in? Man, I'd throw more than the float and I'd even give him one of my properties. <laughs> for $3 million, not a problem. I'll find one for him. So it settled. It had the perfect run. Settled. Uh, settled uh, second line behind the uh, the leaders, which is where you wanted to be on the headwind day, and it looked to have a really nice turn of foot. What did the clock actually say that it's done? Well, a couple of things we've got to look yeah. at. First of all, two point seven below. Yeah, ranked twenty six in the day. All things being even, I mean the the race got adjusted upwards four lengths to compensate for this. Now, if we look at the the scope of two year olds so far, it's trending. Realistically, from the top to where it sits, it's about five lengths off the top line performers. Now, this could be a horse, as it gets over more ground, may become more exciting. It is possible because I, I can see some sustained speed there over the last 600 metres. You know, from the six to the finish line, the horse has pretty much gone from 1.5 below, below benchmark to 0.3 above. Maybe the drier track for the first time, helped it a little bit as well. And we've got to look at 1,400 metres, Ralphie. It's never easy to break a benchmark performance for two-year-olds unless you're at the top end. And this horse certainly isn't at that level. But maybe this horse is going to be a terrific horse over 2,000 metres or more. And perhaps that's the reason why there's plenty of interest for it. Because when I look at the last 1,200, it was inside the top 10 for the day. So, and we're just spitballing here. Two weeks in two weeks' time, over a mile, could Blazing Harry catch it? Would you fall over if Blazing Harry caught it? Well, what? No, why wouldn't it? I mean, the way that horse finished was far superior in its finish. It's just a matter of uh, let me have a look at that. Whether that horse, where? Oh, well, that horse only had the one run, Ralphie. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Well, I think that's what's going to happen. So maybe they'll give three million. For, oh, that's a gelding. Can't get three yeah. million for a gelding, can you, Ralphie? <laughs> so that's yeah. I think uh, that, that's pretty fast. Last two hundred. That's <laughs> so, what I mean. And third best last twelve hundred of the day. So that could be a little little nugget there. Um, but uh, but but I'll I'll go and want to put a big pat on the back to you, Vince. Your most advantage. If anyone was clever enough to take your most advantage and, and you put four out per race, four by four by four by four. You would have got back 17,000, you quaddy. <laughs> so oh, yeah, well, you get the happy clients already. I oh, know you don't take quaddies. 
No, I can't say I've gotten any emails, so I can't answer that question at all. That doesn't mean someone didn't take it because there are people that get the raspberry profiles and they only play the quaddies or yes. exotic, you know, like the, the first four and trifectas using the, the MA runners. For 17000 is that for what, for $1? Yep. Oh, so Ralph. 56 outlay, 17000 back. Did, did you take some of that? I did. I did not. I had. Uh, I had kin going in the last uh, for a little quaddy I took, but uh, but no, not uh, not clever enough to have that last week so that we'll, you had. Which is oh, okay because of that reason. That's the reason why it's a, it was a big price. But the horse profiled all right. Yeah, well, we'll get to that because first I want to ask you about size. So again, we're going to underline these. These are tailwind advantages, so that that adds to your challenge as well of of not just uh, your, your raw times, but then having to uh, take into account meters per second and various other algorithms that you put in play. But Sai looked good on the clock. She looks like an emerging mare. Peter Moody's talking her up, which he doesn't do unless he really likes a horse. He doesn't talk talk ones up for the sake of it. And uh, it was a nice performance. Well, you've got to talk it up because here's the thing. Firstly, small field. The tailwinds obviously help in terms of generating speed, but it couldn't be missed. Two lengths below benchmark first section, plus 4.1 between the eight and the four. That's already a one-second squeeze up the straight. And then pretty much sustain that. Interesting thing is this, Ralphie, and this is the this is the, the big one. I've downgraded the race four lengths because of the conditions on the day. But then there's something you can give back, right, which hasn't been taken into account here, was the 1.7 length slowdown between the six and the four, right? Yep. Now, if we take that into consideration, possibly this horse, even if you said, I'm going to take six lengths away from this race and make it a benchmark race, right, and in line with this horse's profile, the reality is you would have to then give back at least a length, a length and a half of what happened there. So therefore, the way I'm looking at it at the moment, this horse is absolutely coming in with a rock solid 1.5, 2.5 range and from the right stable. And then if you're not sure about, okay, you just look at the horse who's run second, which is General Bow, right? And you have a look at its profile of 1.9 above and the historicals on this horse. This horse is... Very early in its campaign, Ralphie, and we're going all the way back to January 21, this horse was already running around one length above benchmark. So you know that that's the worst line of fit. This is why I'm coming back saying that we can have a lot of confidence that this horse's performance is very real. And <sighs> it's coming from the right stable, Ralphie. <laughs> and what's interesting too, like going into the uh, into the race, all the three wins were first up, but then what I like doing is when you know when uh, uh, I'll, I'll put it this way: a generous media performer like Peter Moody, in other words, he's happy to give out his genuine information that he knows. Um, says that he's a real slow, she's a real slow maturing horse that they've taken their time with. It doesn't necessarily mean she's been a first up horse. What it means is she just hasn't had the skeletal strength yet to to run to her best. That's why he's kept her lightly race. This now says that she's a lot stronger mare and she can cope. Oh, absolutely. And, like, I'd be very keen to see where they go with this horse from here because it, there is an indication this horse is going to appreciate more ground. Yeah. Oh, well, tw I think 1,200 in two weeks' time. Perfect, it's, perfect. crack at stakes racing, so that'll be interesting there. Uh, we'll finish off with, the, uh, with that last. Um, so, again, uh, stable information. Post-race, Sean Mathrick, um, 
that they've clearly had a bet the stable, and I think he's of the opinion that he, it's a pretty good horse. And sometimes with small stables, you can get a bit of a spoil because uh, the market doesn't trust it until it does more. Its sale win was good, uh, the hence you putting it in your most advantage. But again, this is a fast race, okay, tailwind advantage. So what's what's been your thought process here? Well, here's the here's one of the things that I that was Blinker's first time, right? As well, yep. one of the big factors was this when they can rank typically top five sale, even, you know, extend it out to top 10 or get near benchmark, they're usually good enough to come to town. You know, if you're looking at backward profiling. And here's this horse has turned up at sale and produced the best performance of the day with a 0.6 below benchmark overall performance. Savage improvement on the first two runs, which is also a big indicator that the horse has more to come. Because if they only improve marginally, then they may be at their top already. But it, it was a big improver, like almost four lengths from one run to the other. And now it's come out and improved even further in terms of like from what it did to a plus 1.9 and won very, very easily. So hard to see why this horse, you know, you couldn't respect in the race. And the fact that had the blinkers, you know generally that could mean that uh, there's more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was I a bit stiff with Ken? At least it should have ran second, shouldn't it? Well, definitely with what happened with that horse between the six and the 400 losing 1.4. And if I look at the MPS margin, it would have, it would have had the horse clear cut second. Yeah, and super wide on the day as well, which obviously yep. wasn't wasn't quite the right place to be. So uh, another listener question. We've got two things to finish off with here. Uh, one of them is, um, is, sorry, I'll just find this from Brett. Uh, uh, hey, Ralphie, hope you're well, mate. Not a question about the races this weekend. Just wondering, looking forward, Caulfield renovations, uh, does Vince think with the history of lanes, et cetera, it'll take years to gather that information again, or does he expect it to play similar before renovations? Well, what have they done? Well, they've given the track a freshen up. It's mainly for the inside part of the track. Um, I So what I'll, I'll, I'll put this on the table first uh, via Brett and uh, other people interested in this. I remember working with you about eight years ago on Carnival and Caulfield had a similar break. And, and you said, look, these, these are decades of topography here that, that you're, you're dealing with. Don't worry about it, how it's going to race. It'll race like it always races. And that's, and that's the reality. Now, if you're going to do like Mooney Valley and you're going to have a completely new track, yep. well, then we're starting from scratch, right? Yes. But in this case, those lanes aren't disappearing. Right. <laughs> they're, they're still going to be there. Yep. And and we're going to have exactly the same thing. Hopefully, all it means is that when rain comes and things like that, the track stands up better and performs not like we've seen in Sydney with tracks like Randwick and Rose Hill. When the rain came, they just turned into rubbish. Yeah, no doubt they'll, they'll get this right. Okay, uh, thanks for listening. We, uh, we're doing a, our final preview podcast is this week with the Tats Tiara. Uh, we had a bit of fun cheering home star Tondos in this race last year, so hopefully we can do that again. You get your race speed profiles with your purchase. If you're already a daily sectionals customer, well, then there's a top-up option, so you don't have to obviously pay the full whack. And, uh, and best of luck this week as we uh, return to Caulfield. But like I said, big group one action at Eagle Farm.